Welcome to the Give This Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS Island Program, which Forbes has stated helps entrepreneurs become professional speakers. For more information, go to ChristopherKai.com. Our guest today is Baron Stone. He's an engineer, author, and veteran. Baron, welcome to our podcast. Thanks, Christopher. It's great to be here. So let's just dive right in. I, I saw that you were, uh, you are a veteran and I, I'm always fascinated by the military because it's, it's something that I frankly believe that they're the most courageous people in the world. So what compelled you to get into the military and then we'll dive into some of your authorship and your, your online type experience. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, the, my, my experience or reason for getting in the military is maybe a little, uh, not standard. Uh, I actually, I, I was working, uh, as a, professional engineer. I had a, had a career already going um, and decided to, uh, to transition and, and join the Air Force uh, in a sort of a, an attempt to get my younger brother to join the Air Force. He was, he was going through college at the time. He was in the ROTC program uh, and he was coming up at the, in the midpoint of those ROTC programs is when you actually have to commit to uh, one branch of the military or the other. You actually sign the, uh, the documents. And he was uh, he was leaning towards joining the Marine Corps. Uh, his his roommate was was all rah rah. Let's join the Marines together. His his best friend from childhood was really into let's let's go be Marines. Um, my mom was was worried. This was you know the the wars wars in Afghanistan were were in the news all the time, and she didn't want her her baby uh, being a Marine. So she was like, maybe he could be in the Air Force. That seems safer. Uh, and so she she sent me as older brother go go convince your younger brother that he should join the Air Force. And uh, yeah, I went down, I, I spent a night uh, with him and I started subtly kind of dropping hints about, about, you know, hey, have you thought about the Air Force instead? And uh, if you fast forward to the end of the night, my subtlety was gone out the window and I was given the most patriotic speech in my life. And in, <laughs> like, in my mind, there was fireworks going and a big flag waving behind me and an eagle flew by and I could tell, like, I, I thought I had him on, like, right on the edge. And I, I looked him in the eye and I said, brother, if you join the Air Force, I'll join the Air Force. Uh, and so we shook hands on it. And so, yeah, the next, next week, I, I just Googled Air Force recruiter and called him up <laughs> and said, hey, I want to be an Air Force officer. And that, that kicked off a, 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 long, a long process to, to get in. But, uh, yeah, spent, then did seven years on active duty after that. And your brother was also in the Air Force as well? he actually ended up not joining the military in the end. Uh, <laughs> and that's, that's one of those life, life uh, is always changing. And um, I, I was going through this, this recruiting process and I, I was calling him. I was like, Hey brother, you know, uh, I'm doing this. Are you doing this? And yeah, yeah. I've, I've just, I'll get to there tomorrow. And then, then um, yeah, life, life, his, his priorities changed. And, uh, and so at that point I'd already committed. So I said, well, I guess I'm, I'm doing this. And uh wow. Yeah, there was, I'll admit, I was a little bitter for a little while, but I, I got over it. I realized that it's, it was the best, you know, moving forward in life. It was the, it was the best thing for both of us. And so um, yeah. it was a great experience and I'm, I'm glad I, I did that. And now I'm, now I'm back to, to being an engineer. Nice. Let's talk about that. So you went from the USA Air Force. Now you've authored, authored many online training courses on, on LinkedIn. How, how did you make that transition or was there a transition? Yeah, it was uh, the the online courses thing was actually sort of a side hobby. Um, about six years ago, my uh, my wife and I decided we, we were going to learn Python programming together as a, a fun thing. We're both engineers, 
Um, and sounds like engineers. <laughs> yeah, we're like, hey. Uh, actually, yeah, she was she was just my girlfriend at the time. It's like, hey, girlfriend, you want to learn a new programming language together? It'll be romantic. Um, and so we we signed up for a, a free online course. Uh, and part of the course, they had a little kind of contest for people taking the course to create your own YouTube videos, basically, you know, teaching the lessons in your own style. Uh, and so we, you know, started doing that every week. Um, we were living in different cities. I was in uh, San Antonio and she was in Austin. So our, our precious weekend time together was monopolized for, for a couple months there creating these YouTube videos. Um, so bless her for, for going along with my excitement uh, there. But yeah, we, we, we were just teaching basic programming concepts and uh, it got, it was, it was well received and we ended up, uh, it was lynda.com at the time, one of their content managers saw the videos uh, and reached out to me and said, hey, would you like to do this professionally? And so that led us into now we've been doing uh, courses together on uh, what was lynda.com now is LinkedIn Learning for about six years. And we teach all sorts of software development uh, concepts. We've, we've covered six different programming languages. We've also covered basic electronics. And uh, we're about to, in the next couple of weeks here, uh, release our 20th course. So that's kind of a, a big wow. milestone. Congratulations. A lot of work. Thanks. Congratulations, Baron. So as I mentioned to you prior to the podcast, I am not a tech savvy person, nor do I have any interest in learning that, but I always am fascinated by the why people do things. So even though, let's say as a business owner, I'm not interested in programming, but again, I like learning about the, the mind behind that. So what are some of the actual skill sets that you feel that as you're, well, let's get it even more specific. A lot of my clients might want to perhaps work or, or do these type of courses. So is it, is it, is it a hard process? Is it, is it strenuous? Like just walk through the process of you or potentially helping other people maybe be, have their own authorship on, on LinkedIn. Yeah. So the, the process of authoring courses, um, is it, it starts with, with coming up with a, an idea, like what is, what is the, the thing we want to teach? And I work, they have content managers. Sometimes the content manager will say, Hey, would you be willing to do a course on this programming language or this specific uh, concept, or I come to them with, a, I, I pitched an idea for a series on electronics because I said, hey, I would really like to teach electronics. I, I took, did a, got a degree in electrical engineering, but I came out of college not really understanding some of the fundamental concepts. I got so buried in the math. Um, I think this would be a really valuable asset for you guys, and, and they agreed to that. Um, and then it's, yeah, mapping out what, what, are, what is the flow? What is the logical flow you're gonna walk someone through uh, and then the hardest part is really scoping that down, figuring out what is the really important thing, building some really concise explanations of that, uh, and then then you record the content. And they have a, they can have. Can you a, still record it now? Like, given that a lot most people are home, or you, you have to physically be in the area, the carpet area. So for for the courses where we would do stuff on camera, we would fly out to Carpinteria, and they have a, a studio there and, and a great production staff. Um, and those are always always the most fun getting to work with them, um, but. Yeah, with with everyone now at home uh, with with COVID, uh, people all the authors are are recording at home, and we've actually done done in you know the past few years recordings at home as well, just because we both worked full time, my wife and I, and so it was, you know, traveling out to Carpinteria if we didn't need to, if the course was just going to be us talking and and capturing programming on a on a computer screen, we could record that from home easy enough. Um, so we're, we've done plenty of courses that way as well. And how do people monetize? Because I'm looking at lynda.com right now. I mean, how, how, how do you charge for the course? And what's like the split when you actually decide to do this? Or if people decide to do this? 
Yeah, it's uh, with with the authorship. It's uh, I get paid royalties based on on views uh, with the course. So um, it's it's a lot of a lot of work up front, and then as long as the course it lives and you know people continue to watch it, uh, I get get monthly monthly payouts from that. So interesting. So it's royalty based based on the views. Yes. Interesting. Many upfront costs that people have to be aware of if they consider this path. Uh, it's, it's basically it's time you're, you're committing, uh, it, it, it is a major time commitment to, to write these courses, or at least the way I do it. Maybe I'm not the most efficient author. I think there's, there's some other authors I've seen who, who are quite prolific out there. And so they've, they've got their process maybe a little better figured out than I do. Yeah, but that's great. You're, you're an example of how, again, you, you're finding ways as, a, as what they call side hustle, because you don't have to wait anymore. I literally did a a, a webinar to 800 African entrepreneurs two days ago. And I mentioned how online entrepreneurship is the future of work. And one of the things they stressed was e-learning. It's a 300 plus billion dollar space. So you're an example of that in your own and you, you and your, your wife's case, which is awesome. So the last question I have for you, Baron, going back to the Air Force, what's one thing that you look back on in your Air Force days and, and are so super grateful about something that you learned there that you can apply to your life, but also you can share with us in terms of a, a skill set, a motto, a, a phrase, a, a direction that you feel that has helped you become a better person that it can help us as well? I, I think it's, um, I, I'll, I'll <clears throat> use the, the motto uh, in one form it was expressed to me was don't think, just do. Um, and that takes a little unpacking. It was, I remember going through one um, officer training course and we had, it was a group of about 12, uh, 12 or so uh, Air Force officers, all the same rank. Uh, and then we had one uh, foreign officer who was, who was uh, in our, our flight as well. And we, as we go through exercises, we would tend to find ourselves overthinking uh, anything, any actions we were gonna take. And you know, we'd sit around, we had maybe 20 minutes to solve some problem in this you know, whatever environment. And we'd spend 15 minutes sitting around concocting the best solution and then we didn't have time to execute. And one time the, this, the, the foreign officer finally got so fed up with, with us getting in one of these indecision modes. He just said, don't think, just do. Uh, and that sort of sprung us into action. And it was, it was sort of was like the wake up call of, oh yeah, you can, you can you know, sit and, and, and think about doing things forever, but, but it really takes getting into action or you know, you know a direction you wanna go. If you can take steps in that direction, you know, and, and some steps are one way doors, some steps you can back out of and you, you need to know the difference. But, Start, start moving in the right direction and, and be you know, biased towards that action. Um, it's sort of a lesson I took away from there. And, and you know, even just joining the Air Force was sort of a, one of those, all right, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this. And, and when I got the message from the, the LinkedIn content manager asking if I wanted to do this, I said, yes, you know, don't, don't, don't think, should I do this or not? And when, you, when I saw your message, Christopher, uh, about doing this interview, I thought, yes, you know, I'm, I'm gonna do this. So it's, it's just kind of, Taking, taking that step, moving forward and, and doing what you, what you think you should be doing. No, that's a perfect way, Baron, to end this. And for all our listeners, it really is. There's a concept called rapid prototyping that Google does where literally you're, you will always learn more by doing than thinking. And they're some of the brightest people in the world. So Baron, thanks for being on a podcast. How can our guests learn about your courses on LinkedIn? Sure. Yeah, it's, uh, it's on LinkedIn Learning. So if you go to linkedin.com slash learning uh, and just search my name on there, you'll see they'll, they'll pop up and there's also an author page that has a, a listing of all my courses. So uh, it's, it's 
I've, I've got people reaching out who have, who, you know, retired folks who just wanted to learn to program. And they said those courses have, have made it simple enough for them to understand. And university students who said it's turned on the light. So it's, it's helping a lot of people around the world. Um, so, you know, Christopher, I think, I think if you want to learn to program, that's a, a good way to start. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Brian, for the invitation. Have a great day. You too. Thanks. Thank you for listening to our Gifters podcast. If you want to turn your story into a successful speaking or coaching business, go to ChristopherKai.com for details.